as we as we are looking into the rest of this year this very simple message it's made up of four words no anxiety only faith no anxiety only faith and, and it's uh, it's uh, a message message I want to impress upon your heart and then I pray the Holy Spirit will remind you of this simple simple statement no anxiety only faith see anxiety anxiety is is a state um, that that when, when you talk about anxiety anxiety is, is in its effect normally something that we all go through and we all at one point or the other are anxious of something what's going on changes around us the future and, and so forth but but when people continue in this state of concern anxiety is a concern that we have it's an alertness that we that we get when we continue in in this state of concern anxiety then moves to a place where it can become a disorder there is something called anxiety disorder and it can even continue to develop beyond the normal stress that it it, it is into into a state of depression and and many of us many of us are are usually far away from the depression and and we can often get help before we fall or tip over um and 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 you know i was speaking to somebody who has been through a depression at work and and while talking to the person she says she says to me Farai how are you and you know me being me I'm always I'm always upbeat about things and, and but this is one person that I've that we, we share a lot of common common ways of thinking so I said well I'm okay but I just feel like things are not the way they should be she says what's happening so I start telling her what's been going on in the workplace and she says do you re recognize that you know normally you're supposed to only work 100% but you've been working like 200% and now that you've come out of working 200% into just working 100% you feel like something's wrong so I step back and I said what do you mean and she says remember how I fell into depression it was because I'd been working 200% traveling from Brazil to Singapore and back to here and going back again and, and never having time to rest and so I was working like full the round the clock no weekends no evenings no time to sleep jet lag from jet lag to jet lag and you never really recover I never knew whether it was morning or evening because I'm constantly flying between Brazil and Singapore and then I fell into a depression and when I came out I realized that I normally I'm just supposed to work about a hundred percent I'm only one human being I can't do two three jobs as one human being so I started to think and I said wow this this will preach I was already 
I was already having this, 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 this urge to talk about, we need to be, I've, I've been talking about faith. And I want to, to impress something around that. And then I come home and my wife is playing a sermon. And the sermon is about stress. And I just laughed and I said, God, you must be saying something. In the Monday prayers, um, the, the message that came out of the Monday prayers, I, I threw it on Facebook yesterday for those that are on our Facebook page to, in the Facebook group to see. Um, and, and it's talking about, I've got you covered. <laughs> God's got you covered. Do not worry. Do not care about tomorrow. Do not worry about what, what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. I mean, God knows how to feed the, the birds and how to get the grass looking good. Do not worry. And, and so this statement then came up and said, you know, this is the message that I need to impress upon somebody's heart tonight. No anxiety, only faith. Tell yourself, no anxiety, only faith. No anxiety, only faith. You see, there is always, there is, will always be stimuli or things that cause us to, to be anxious. And in itself, it is not wrong to think about what you will eat. Because you, you need to think about it. It's good to eat good. Tell your neighbor, it's good to eat good. So you've got to think about what am I going to eat. You don't just get there and start looking into the kitchen. You, you, you've got to think. It's good to think about what am I going to dress because there is a dress for every occasion. I was driving, I was driving uh, two days ago and, and this car drives past me and I read the, the, you know, the, 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 the logo on the back and it said La Dress. So, so the, the, the aspect about la dress attracts me because I think, wow, we could, we could, call, we could call the shop that my wife shall open one day, La Busi. <laughs> you know, it will be a brand. And, and below it was, was a statement, a dress for every occasion. And I said, wow, that will preach. I've got, I get lots of sermons from things that happen every day. But, but it will preach. Why will it preach? Because you've got to think about what you're going to wear. But the Bible says, do not worry about it. You've got to think, but you should not worry about it. If you don't think about what you are going to wear, you will come to work in pajamas. <laughs> we once had... We once had at work a day where we said people can come, we're going to leave the building. So we were been calling ourselves professional campers because we were having to squeeze ourselves into all kinds of ways while our furniture was being packed and moved and, and, and all kinds. And then we said on the last day that we can be together in this building, people can come to work in pajamas. And it was one of the most strangest mornings we have ever had. <laughs> Because generally you don't come to work in pajamas. And so even when people came to work in pajamas, you could see that they have put some thought behind their pajamas. <laughs> so you've got, to, you've got to think. But you should not worry. Now, now some of us, I, I do have pajamas, but I, I would not dare go to work in those pajamas. But <laughs> my wife is laughing. <laughs> I don't like pajamas generally, but, but, but I, 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 
So I was saying, there was one of the, the ladies who was leading this, this thing in her pajamas. And she's moving around in these big floppy shoes. <laughs> and, 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 and something struck me about her. Because yes, she has thought to make sure that her pajamas are going to make us all laugh and, 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 and be okay, but we will not be worried. Did you hear what I said? Mm -hmm. If I went in my pajamas, people would be worried. <laughs> Trust me. But we were not worried about her pajamas. And, and, so, and so here is the difference. I'm sure she was anxious in, as to how people are going to perceive her. But once she found the right pajamas that she wore, looked herself in the mirror, she said, when I get to work, I get out of my car and just walk up right into the office and say, good morning, everyone. Now is the time for us to begin our breakfast. And we had breakfast in pajamas. And, and, and she did not seem worried. She did not seem concerned. She did not seem to care about everything else that was going on around her. And I want to challenge somebody and say only faith is what makes you do something that should cause you to be worried and concerned and afraid and constantly looking, who's now looking behind me? Who's now scrutinizing my pajamas? And yet she was there, doing what she was doing, at peace, happy, joyful, giving us croissants and, 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 and cups of tea in her pajamas. And suddenly you saw all the other young ones who had brought big t-shirts suddenly became alive because they saw one old lady who was free to do what she was doing in her pajamas. And I want you to, to have an attitude like that, where the circumstances that are supposed to make you worried and make you afraid and make you concerned no longer make you worried and concerned and afraid, but you are able to look at life and be able to still find a smile mm. in your pajamas. Amen. Amen. Say to your neighbor, have faith like in pajamas. You see, if your house were to burn, if your house were to burn, to start burning, and you are in your pajamas, you would just run out of the house with those pajamas. You might start looking for something to wear if you had no pajamas at all. Like we encourage marriage couples to just sleep like that. But, but if you are in pajamas, you just run out of the house and not be worried about what I'm looking at because the house is on fire. It's only when you are outside in safety that you start thinking, oh, I'm in pajamas. <laughs> anxiety. just want you to get the concept of anxiety. Because the house is burning, you will run out. When there is no more danger, immediate danger, you start recognizing and start getting worried. Let me cover myself up. Seen a person who was in danger, he just ran out like that. And it was the people who were outside that started giving him clothes. And he says, you are now giving me clothes, what I saw in there. You had no time to be looking for a nice clothes. My safety was more important. So, so now here is the scripture that I want you to, that I want to read to you. 
Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2. But now, this is what the Lord says. Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2. I'm reading it from the King James Version. Forgive me for my thousand and these. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Thou art mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burnt, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. This is the word that I want to give you. And I want to start by just going into, verse, into that verse 1 a little bit. He says, but now, says the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and ye that formed thee, O Israel. I created you, O Jacob. You need to go back to look at the life of Jacob to understand what God is saying. God comes to, to the children of Israel and says, I created you, O Jacob. You see, Jacob, the son of Isaac, was born, created by God as Jacob. But God formed him to Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, and when God was saying, I created you, O Jacob. He is saying, Jacob, you are my creation. He is saying to you, James, you are my creation. I made you. I brought you into existence. You were brought into existence for a purpose. For such a time as this. Hallelujah. Amen. You are not an accident, no matter what they said. Whether mom said, you know, I didn't mean to have you, but I had you. Whether dad said, I wasn't ready to have you, but you came. It doesn't matter what story they've given you. God allowed you to come into existence. Hallelujah. Amen. I created thee, oh Jacob. I created you. Listen up to what I'm saying. Listen up to what God is saying. God who made you fearfully, wonderfully made. I created you. I brought you in, born into different circumstances. You, me, even your own brother is different from you. His birth circumstances are different. The Bible talks of the moment when Jacob was born. And you need to go back to Genesis chapter 25 when he was born. When he is being born, Jacob, Jacob it comes out holding his brother's leg. And they called him Jacob because he said, ah, this guy, he's lazy to push by himself that he has to just hold his brother's leg and be pulled by him coming out. And, 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 and Esau, who was the firstborn, comes out and they look at him and say, my God, this child is a hairy one. Let's call him Esau. He had hair all over. Jacob had no hair. All he had to head was a trick. He was a trickster from birth. Born in different circumstances. And yet God says, I created you, Jacob. I created you, cheetah. If you translate the name Jacob. I created you, cheetah. You're a cheetah, not, not cheetah, the animal. Cheetah, a cheat. I created you, thief. I created you in the way that you came out. I created you. 
So I want to speak to somebody that it doesn't matter what circumstances they've said about you. God says, I created you. Hallelujah. Amen. Whether you were born to a father who ran away or a mother who threw you into a dustbin, God says, I created you. Whether life has given you the backside of the mountain or the green side of the valley, God says, I created you. Whether they were there or they were not there, God says, I created you. Whether you came to the Netherlands by accident or by default or by application or by begging, God says, I created you. Whether you live in a tall building, a short one, an underground one, God created you. Hallelujah. Amen. All circumstances, all situations, God created you. Big, small, thin, tall, short, whatever. God created you. In the circumstances that you are. And I need you to understand this so that you can live your life without anxiety but only faith. Hallelujah. Because sometimes we are anxious by the circumstances from which we've come from. We are, we are afraid to move forward because of what we have been through. But God says, I created you. I made you. I formed thee. Is the second aspect that he, he comes to tell Jacob. He says, I formed thee. And take note, he says, I created you, O Jacob, and I formed you, O Israel. So from the creation to the, to the forming, there has been a change of name. From being Jacob to Israel. And you need to go through Genesis chapter, from Genesis chapter 27, you will, you will see all kinds of things that begin to happen in the life of the two. You see, when they were born, when they were born, Isu and Jacob, Isu was somebody who just loved to be around the house, around mom. He didn't like to go out. He was just a nice, cute, handsome, small boy. Isu was, was the rough kind of guy, looked for adventure, was going out hunting and then doing all kinds of stuff. He was the man. Jacob was just a guy at home. But, but in that, God begins to form them, to form him for his future. He begins to mold him for his future, for what God wanted him to become. I formed you, says the Lord. And, and, and God wants somebody here to know that he has been forming you and is still forming you for the thing that you must accomplish. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever you have been through from the day you were created up until now is a process of formation. It is a process from you changing from Jacob to Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. Soon some of you will change name if you have not already changed because God is bringing out an Israel out of you. Hallelujah. He is taking away the cheating. He's taking away the bad nature. He's taking away the bad character, the bad habit. He's taking away the bad life circumstances for which, from which you were born in. And he's forming you into an Israel to become the father of many nations, to become the house of God, to become the child of God, the person that God will bless, the person that will bring a blessing to the next generation. Hallelujah. Amen. God is taking away that which was bad. That which was undesirable. He says, I formed you, O Israel. 
He doesn't say I formed you or Jacob. Why? Because I have been changing you. I am transforming you. I am bringing you into another place. Hallelujah. And so we must look at God and understand what God is doing so that we can walk with him by faith and not by anxiety. And yet when God is taking us through these stages and life circumstances that are forming us, it is easy to become anxious. It is easy to become worried. It is easy. You know, sometimes when you look and see other people progressing, I was reading this, my, my, my Bible this morning and it, and it says, it said to me, do not worry about the progress of the wicked. <laughs> and, and sometimes you are there and you see, and then one of my friends comes to me and says, I don't know what's wrong with Zimbabweans. They love cars so much. With a little bit of money, they go buy a car, even when they have no food on the table, but they're buying a car. You know, and, and I was thinking to him, and I said, this is the idea of the wicked. We perish on things that are, have no value. And, 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 and I was just thinking about this, how, how sometimes you look, you look and, and I remembered someone who came to me and said, and said this, was, this was a man, you know, he's a full-grown man. And he says, and he says, Pastor, I've just bought a Mercedes-Benz. So I look at him and I said, where is the Mercedes? He says, the Mercedes-Benz is in Africa. I say, ah, okay. So you've bought a Mercedes-Benz. And here you're driving some old car that puff, puffs up some smoke while a Mercedes-Benz is sitting somewhere in Africa. Why? He says, so that when I go to Africa, how many times do you go to Africa? Say, so ah, but, but there are some of my friends who don't even have a car. You are worried about buying a car to put in Africa so that when you go to Africa for three weeks in a year, you will drive and all your friends will see you driving a car. Do not fret about the progress of the wicked. I wish I had, I had had this scripture on that day. I should have told him that. But these things were coming through my mind about how, how sometimes we are anxious because other people seem to be progressing and we are not. When you hear that, oh, so-and-so is now graduated and you look at your own supervisor saying your work is not good enough. When you, when you are there and you are trying to write a paper and you spend two nights writing this paper without sleeping and your supervisor says, what have you been doing all this time? You think, but I've been writing two nights. And you say it's rubbish. Somebody came crying and said, I just don't believe it. That they just threw me away like this. The man just looked at it and read it and said, this is nothing innovative at all. Please go and start again. And the man has been, has been spending months writing this proposal only to be told it's rubbish. And then somebody who just writes it, thought about it while he was drinking a cup of coffee, just scribbled and comes and the man looked at him and said, yes, this is it, this is it, go and develop it further. He says, what? Do not. So we become anxious. We become anxious. And then he, the guy goes on to tell me that, you know what, Farai, my wife also then had a huge problem when we had our first baby. It was so difficult. So she had to stop her own PhD. And, and, and now, six years later, she's now thinking, let me go back to the PhD. Other people have progressed. Some she started with are now on postdoc. She is still thinking, I still have to go and finish the PhD. So he was, and then he says to me, but Farai, Something happened one day. I said, what happened? And he says, 
One day I woke up and I said, I must live my life. <laughs> Just that, I must live my life. So I told my wife, don't worry about anything. I will go to work. We will enjoy what we're doing here. I will learn Dutch, get us passports. You just look after the babies. Says I woke up that night, went in, opened the door, looked at my daughter sleeping. And I said, this is why I'm going to live. And I just decided to live my life. I stopped being anxious. I still don't have a permanent contract, but I stopped being anxious. And I'm happy with my life. I could have gone to other jobs, but I said I'm no longer lifting my family again out of the Netherlands to another country. We're going to settle here and enjoy life here. And I said, wow, how I wish some child of God could understand this. Mm. Why? Because they have a God who says, I formed thee, O Israel. Amen. So all the things he's been through, he's now looking back and says, these have just been life lessons. And have just made me stronger to move on. Hallelujah. And some child of God needs to come to a place where they can realize that all that they are going through is not that God has gone away from them. No, but that God is forming you for something greater. God is building you for greater things. God is molding you for a greater future. The best is yet to come. And I can tell you in God, the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. To him who has faith, all things are possible. You can still reach that height. You can still accomplish that height. I can tell you I have, I have all kinds of dreams. And when I was young, I had all kinds of dreams. And I dreamt doing great stuff in Zimbabwe. And now I can't do them in Zimbabwe, but I can do them here. Hallelujah. Amen. What matters is for me to live according to the dream and the visions that God has given me. Amen. Whether it be here or there, I am going to live the life that God has called me unto. Hallelujah. Amen. I preach the gospel like I preached over there. Because it matters that I am with God. Hallelujah. Not where I am, but that I am with God. And so with the God that I'm moving, I understand that He is forming me. He is forming me. He is forming. Tell your neighbor, God is forming you. He is building you up. I formed you. Made you what you are. Made you what you, what you are right now and I'm going to continue making you. From Jacob to Israel. And so in Genesis, God is, 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 is making Jacob. In verse 27, Esau comes and he is told that Jacob has taken away his birthright. And he says to his father, isn't, isn't his name rightly called Jacob? Super disappointed that his brother has taken his birthright. But for, 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 for Jacob, for Jacob... He's taken hold of something that shall open up his life later on. And, but now because of that, Jacob has to run away from home and go and live somewhere else. And you know, in, before he runs, oh, I love this. Before he runs away from home, in Genesis chapter 28, verse 1, there's a, just a statement there. His, his brother decides to marry a woman from amongst where they were living. And, and you see, Isaac, Isaac had married from where his father had come from. 
And Isu decides just to marry a woman from around the neighborhood. And this woman has brought a lot of grief and pain to his mother. So his mother turns to, Isu, to, to Isaac and says, Oh, I hope that Jacob will not, don't allow him to marry from these people that are around us. Like the other day, we're saying, we were saying to somebody, we're saying, I want my child to marry from my village. I said, ah, your village is so far away. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, is that not what happened to, what happened to Isaac? He married from his father's village. <laughs> and I said, yeah, this is serious. He's not anxious about his child being so far away, growing up here, that he's, he's so confident in God. That his faith says, my child shall marry from my village. <laughs> my wife listened to that one and she just laughed. <laughs> you know? and, 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 so, and so his mother says, don't allow this to happen. And so his father, his father does something very strange. And he says, he calls Jacob and he blessed him. <laughs> he blessed Jacob. In, and then blessing him again. You remember, Jacob has already taken his, his brother's blessing. Yeah. And now he's being blessed again. And his father says, and do not marry a Canaanite woman. He gives him an instruction, I'm blessing you, but this blessing cannot be married to a Canaanite woman. <laughs> God is forming you. Sometimes you wonder why all the, all the tall brothers in the Netherlands would not come to marry you and you had to go and marry a short guy from Ghana because God is... Come on, are you with me, church? I was, I was laughing in Germany with Philip, huh? Because I said, Philip, you left all these German ladies to go and find a woman from Congo, but you found her in Kenya who lives in Malawi. I mean, what is God doing? <laughs> God knows what he is doing. Hallelujah. And, and so all the stress and getting visa and then his father-in-law was rejected to come in and they had to be buying him extra. Say, look at all this stress that you're going through. And he says, but yeah, pastor, I love this woman. So you have left all the Europeans, crossed all the way to, to it was even in Tanzania where he made his proposal to a woman who comes from Congo who had been in Tanzania and then went to Kenya and then married in Malawi. It's just a mess. And I don't know how it comes all together, but God knows how to bring it together because he is forming you. Hallelujah. And you are here worried where is husband going to come from? The sister said we must declare victory, declare husband will come. Whether he comes from Russia, I had a brother. I, 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 had, I had a brother who went all the way to Japan to find his Ghanaian wife. And he is Ghanaian. So whether you wherever you will find him, God knows how to form you and put you into a place which will bless you. Hallelujah. <laughs> he knows how to position you and so Jacob is being blessed and after this Jacob decides to run from his brother because his brother starts to threaten to say first you took away my birthright and just gave me soup and then you then you really came and deceived my father and got the birthright blessing. And now, when I'm supposed to be making my mother happy with a wife, 
you have stolen again my blessing. And now my father instructs you that this blessing should not be married to a Canaanite woman. So he runs. Thank God for mothers that are wise. So he runs. Let's leave it there. He ends up, he ends up in the house of Laban. And, and you would think for all the hard work that he has done, he should just be given the wife that he wants to marry. Now he's got a woman that his father and mother will approve. And so he went seven years. Boy, seven years is a long time. Yes. Seven years. And, and on, on that day when he's been waiting, just looking at the sister, can you imagine? <laughs> Laban has told him, this is going, this will be your wife. And he's been looking at her for seven years waiting. Then he suddenly wakes up in the morning and finds he's got some ugly sister of the wife. <laughs> 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 what is going on? God is just a for me. Somebody say for me. For me. No anxiety, just faith. So Laban says, no, 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 my son. Don't worry. In our custom, you can still have Rachel, but it will take you another seven years. Jesus. No anxiety, just faith. What does Jacob do? He works another seven years. Who am I speaking to? When they've said, no, you are not going to say, I'm, I quit. I'm going to keep on pressing. Who, who are you that I'm talking to? God is, when, 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 they are say, when they are saying it can't, you're going to say, I can work another seven years. When they throw out your proposal, you're going to make another one. When they don't take your application, you're going to make another one. When, when they say this is not for you, you're going to try again anyway. Hallelujah. Another seven years. God is just forming you. So he works another seven years. No anxiety, just faith. <laughs> 14 years for a sister and some brothers are not even yet 14 and they're already praying pastor I need a wife you are 16 years old and need a wife <laughs> you haven't even worked a single year and you are already anxious you should get married because you've worked <laughs> Not just because you've woken up in your bed looking this way and you think, I need somebody to catch me before I fall off the bed. No! Work! Somebody say, Work! No anxiety, but faith. Faith! Faith without work is dead. Did you hear what I said? Faith without work is dead. We don't want people who are just, oh, I'm walking by faith, or I'm walking by faith, and you, you die poor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Begging. You have to walk by faith. To mm -hmm. walk by faith. At some point in my life, I said to my parents, I will not beg from you, because I believe in my God.
I put myself a bicycle and I would cycle it in the, in the dangerous streets of, of Harare because I'd said I will not bear. I will be self-sufficient because I have a God who is able to provide and to look after me. And so, but you can't ride this bike going all that way. Let us give you, no, 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 no. Save your money because I must work. And I would cross the town to go and work in a lab, in the lab that he was doing his master's. <laughs> and he, must, he abandoned that master and came and did another one here. <laughs> and then he got a PhD here. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Oh, I need to tell somebody, you are not an abandoned project. Yeah. God is just forming you. But you must work. You must work. My wife was showing me a picture. I was showing my wife a picture that I got from my from my, one of my sisters, my cousin's sister, who sent and says, you know, brother, I've just been thinking about you and and, and, and I've been looking through my album and I found this photo and I have this beautiful haircut. And so she was it's awesome. It's awesome. You see, a brother who can who's going to get married must look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you, you, you need to move with the time. So I was saying to my wife this morning, you know, I've moved from the baggy jeans to the skin tight. From the oversized jackets to the to the made to fit. But those were the days where we needed to look like that because that was what a good brother looked like. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying, people? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, so we, we, we must be ready to be positioned in the forming that God is doing and to be able to move according to the forming that God is moving us in. So Jacob works 14 years and after that he's still not even released to go. He still has to work a few more years and, and I was just thinking God, what's going on here? God was just in a process of empowering Jacob because the day that Jacob moved, you know why Jacob eventually left Laban? Because he was now become more wealthy than his master. He now had more than his master. And, 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 and you, can, you can excel beyond your master. You, you can do better than those that are ahead of you. You, you. you can do better than those that say we have. Uh, you, 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 you can go beyond those that are, look like they've arrived. You can arrive further than they have. Are, are you with me, people? You can accomplish much. Those that, 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 that know they are God shall be strong. And shall do exploits. You, you, can, you can go the, the, the mile further than those that started before you. And so Jacob has now to leave because his brothers-in-law are jealous of him. That he now has more wealth than his father. And how did he come here? Because of biotechnology. 
God tells him how to do genetic mixing and engineering. What is it called? Ernest? Oh, yeah, the replant guy. Who's the animal breeder here? Yeah, there you are. Huh? You have to learn something from Jacob. He prays to God. And God says, this is how you're going to do your breeding. And all that the cows were, were, were bringing, the sheep were bringing, were freckled and spotted. And so whenever he came, Laban would say, look at and say, ah, these freckled ones out of my flock. And before you knew it, Jacob's flock was bigger than the one of Laban. Mm -hmm. And his son says, oh, this Jacob guy. Again, Jacob had to run. <laughs> but God was building him up to the moment, to the moment where he then comes, and this is where I want to come to, and then we will pray. In being formed by God, Jacob runs away in verse 32, chapter 32 of Genesis, verse 9. Jacob prayed. Here now Jacob is faced, is faced with seeing Esau. Esau who had become great in his own right. And now Jacob is going to meet up with Esau. And Jacob is afraid because he knew Esau when he ran, Esau was angry with him. And he's afraid of what might happen. And this is the prayer that Jacob prays. Oh God, Genesis 32 verse 9 to 12. Oh God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country. You see, I, I was trying to look back. I could have missed it, but I was trying to look back. The last time I saw Jacob praying was the day he said, oh God was here and I did not see it. When he was running away. And he saw the angels going up and down. Mm -hmm. That was about the last time I noticed that Jacob had ushered a prayer. And now Jacob is anxious. He is worried. Mm -hmm. He is troubled. Mm -hmm. He is afraid. Mm -hmm. Because Esau has become a great army mm -hmm. himself. And so he prays and says, Lord, you said go back to your country and to your relatives. And I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all your kindness. Now he recognizes that he is worthy of all of God's kindness and faithfulness that you have shown yourself. <coughs> I had only my staff. Hear what he says. I only had a stick when I crossed this Jordan. But now I have become two camps because he had two wives. Each wife had her own property in this one. Proper, that one, your own proper, your line of children, line of servants, and everything. I've become two camps, and he prays and says, Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid, I am anxious, I am troubled, I am fearful. He will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. Jacob remembers that he can pray to God. Secondly, he remembers the word of God. Hallelujah. I've been telling you that our faith is based upon God's word. 
When you are anxious, this is what you're supposed to do. You are supposed to pray. And you pray based upon the word of God. Like he does here. He says, Lord, you have said. It is you, God, who said, go back to my country. If he had not said it, I would not have left Lebanon. Or maybe I would have gone to another place. But now that you've said, go back to your country, I have to face up with Esau. And I am afraid. I want to say to somebody, when you are afraid, turn to prayer. Amen. James says, is anyone in trouble? Let him pray. pray. When you are anxious, pray. When you are worried, pray. When you are afraid, pray. Amen. When things are tough, pray. Come on. When things are tough, pray. When things look unclear, what should you do? Pray. pray. Here is where he is. When you feel stuck at a place, you should pray. And so he prays. But he does not just pray a business prayer, Lord, I'm afraid. Don't just go on your knees, Lord, I'm afraid, oh, I'm afraid, oh, I'm afraid. God, what is going to happen to me now? I'm going to die. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to pray and look upon the word of God. Lord, you say. God, you say. Your word says. Jesus, your word declares. And so I pray, Lord, to you. You said you will prosper me. How am I going to prosper if Isu kills me? Mm -hmm. This is your argument be before God. Yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah in the book of Isaiah says, bring your strong argument before the Lord. Your strong argument is not some nice reasoning from your book of literature. It is some nice word of God from the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor it is the word of God. That makes a strong argument. Prayer must be based upon the word of God. Don't just pray willy-nilly anyhow like the heathens do. But pray the word of God. Because the word of God is sharp and active. It is alive. It will even cut to the heart of God. So God, he is the prayer. The prayer of this guy. When you go down to verse 32, verse 27 of chapter 32, God comes down. He sends an angel. He sends an angel. Verse 27. Verse 27. In, in, in around verse 25, he's wrestling. Jacob is wrestling with the angel. He's wrestling with the angel. And then, and then the man asked him, what is your name? While they were having this wrestling, he says, what is your name? Jacob answered, Verse 28 and said, uh, he, he, he said, Jacob, Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Your name will now be Israel, which means you are a victor. Hallelujah. Amen. It means you have victory. We're praying earlier on. Declaring victory into every area of our lives. What were we doing? We were changing our name from Jacob to Israel. From Jacob 
to Israel. Whatever the situation you were troubled with, when you were praying and say, God, this situation of my thesis, this situation of my study, this situation of my finances, this situation of my health, Lord, I declare victory over it. You were saying, this Jacob name be changed to Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. Jacob be changed to Israel. I am no longer Jacob now, but I am Israel. I am no longer defeated, but I am a winner. I am no longer a loser, but I am an overcomer. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to come before God with that understanding that you are a victor. So God has been forming him. And he says, I have formed you, o Israel. He says, I have formed you, O victor. I have formed you, O winner. Amen. I am a winner. I am a victor. There is a song that they sing in Nigeria. says, Winner, oh, winner. Do you know that one? Winner, oh, winner. Jesus, you are a winner. What does Quata Quata mean? Quata Quata. Say, say it again. Uh, you are not saying it like winners. Where are the men? The men are afraid to say it. Say it. Ernest, you can't say that one. Osas, you need to say it. The two of you, say it. When the men say it, you know they are winners. Say it again. Quarter, quarter. I am a winner in the Lord Jesus. Are you a winner? I am a winner in the Lord Jesus. Nee, are you a winner? I am a winner. The brother has won a ticket, has won a place, has won a wife, has won. When God forms you, he forms you into a winner, and you'll be a winner, quarter, quarter. I know my sister is still complaining to say, no, pastor, you, you are not saying it. I hope I'm not, not saying now an opposite thing. But, but, but gee, that's, that's, that's where God has positioned us. He's positioned us to be winners. And he calls us winners. So every time he was, he was calling Israel, he was saying, winner. You have wrestled with God and wrestled with men. And you are a winner. And you look back that you see even he's coming out from birth. God made him a winner. He's getting a better. I was just thinking, what was wrong with Esau? What kind of hunger did he have that he would just give away his birthright just like that? For a bowl of beans. 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 I mean, just, just beans. Beans. To sell your birthright for beans. What was he going through? 
But there was something that was happening. Issue besides something was happening in Jacob that God was for. Sometimes things will just happen to you and you don't know why they happen. Why? Because God is forming you into a winner. Quata, quata. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? So you need to, you need to move and work with God. And tonight I want you to take the Holy Communion. Yeah. I, I believe we've prayed and, and, and we've rejoiced. Yes. I love the way you rejoice. You rejoice like winners. Yes. And I want you to finish off this night, but also to set the pace for the rest of this year Amen. as a winner Amen. with the communion we will have tonight. Because God has formed you into a winner. And so here, this is what God has said to him. And verse 29, Jacob said to him, please tell me your name. But the man he was wrestling with him said, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Then God blessed him there. And once he was blessed, you see, by the time he met Esau, Jacob was saying, Esau, my brother, forgive me. Oh, oh sorry, Israel was. My brother, forgive me. But there was so much blessing upon Israel that Esau says, stand up and give me a hug. I will even give you an army to protect you going wherever you are going. <laughs> That's the level of blessing that God is bringing to you. That the thing that was supposed to make you anxious will be the one that will be saying, I can escort you and protect you. And who am I speaking to in this place? You are rising and moving into a place where the things that were supposed to be fighting you are the things that are going to be lifting you up. You will be surprised that the person who is trying to pull you down will go and say a word about you that people will say, ah, this one is the one we should consider. And even they themselves will be surprised. Why did I recommend this one my enemy? But when God is at peace with you, he makes even your enemies to be at peace with you. David understood that. So he was not anxious. But David says, by God, I've jumped over a wall. I've run through troops. I am not afraid of anything. Goliath, who are you? Philistines people, who are you? I have a God on my side. And as with God on my side, ah, I am not afraid. Who shall I be afraid of? And so David experiences the goodness of the Lord. And God causes his enemies to be at peace with him. The thing that was supposed to destroy you will not destroy you because God is on your side. So you need to keep God on your side. How are you going to do that? By not being anxious, but by walking in faith. No anxiety, only faith. So the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, And do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The thanksgiving comes out of faith. Anxiety or worry or concern or care may cause you to pray. Thanksgiving is born out of faith. And so you need to come before God. Not anxious about anything. But by faith. 
you come to him. You present your petition because you have to think about it. And you release it by giving it to the Lord. Then you start to thank him by faith. Amen. And, 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 and lastly, and lastly, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15. This is the confidence we have. That in approaching God, this is the confidence we have. That in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know. Oh, we know. We know that we have what we asked of Him. And what gives us confidence? What gives us confidence is faith. Amen. Amen. This is the confidence. This is the faith that we have. And it is faith in the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, the thing that gave Jacob confidence to pray to God was because he heard the word of God. And the word of God had said, Jacob, get out of this country. Go back to your people. I will prosper you there. God, this is your word. Lord, you say you watch over your word to perform it. That's what he says. And so he prays to God. So this is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything in according, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. I want to say to somebody, go for it. Go for it. Let's rise to our feet. I want you to, to pray. I want you to pray that just 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 pray and and this is the prayer that I that, that was on my heart and I, I I don't even know if we still need to pray but but the prayer that I that I had when I was preparing this was that somebody just needs to rebuke fear and anxiety from their life and, and just make a rebuke of fear and anxiety from your life maybe you should just still do that just just still do that and just just say I rebuke fear I rebuke anxiety fear of success fear of failure fear of financial trouble fear of whatever situation you are faced with fear of sickness fear of disease fear of, of, of the neighbors and fear of the cats and whatever fear you have whatever that makes you anxious just rebuke it fear of the troubles that are going on at home and the fact that you don't know where you're gonna be next month I just rebuke that fear and just come to God with 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 faith they say, God, you say that you are changing my name from Jacob to Israel. And just begin to declare again yourself a victor in the name of Jesus. Oh, Oh, I rebuke every anxiety, I rebuke every fear in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, my Lord and my God. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. I want you to declare, say, Father, I declare my victory. 
I declare I'm an overcomer. I declare I'm an overcomer. In the rest of this year, in the, rest of this in the year, year ahead, I walk in your victory. I will proclaim your victory. I will declare your victory. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and make that your own personal prayer. Make that your personal prayer. Just make that a declaration. Declare upon the thing that is giving you headache right now. Just declare that this thing shall lift me up. In the name of Jesus. This thing is only my stepping stone. This thing is only my stepping stone. take the communion and, 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 and after the communion I want us to sing that winner song that we were trying to pronounce the Nigerian words and then we're gonna sing that song and, and, and maybe Sister Gloria you'll have to help us pronounce it properly but we want to sing that song and, and just for a few minutes before we go but I want you to go out with that mentality of a winner because you are Israel Say, I'm Israel. I'm a winner. I am a winner. God has given me complete victory. That's what He's given you. Complete victory. And that complete victory, He gave it to us because of, his, of Him going on the cross. And on the cross, He said, it is finished. Your issue is finished. The issues of Jacob are finished. So that you can walk in the new life of Israel. The sins of the past, that which Esau should have killed you for, is cancelled on the cross. Your sins are taken away so that you can live a new life. So that you can walk in victory. And it is taken by faith. It is taken 